0: The undertone of that was always, we're not good enough. We can't let people see. There's so much shame. It's like almost metaphorical for the like, wanting to hide any kind of parts of yourself that might be flawed. I feel like it's so important to have outside sources and external people to learn from, but also to understand your intuition and your discernment. I was so confident that my career was going to be a touring musician. That was exactly what I was gonna do. And I got with this narcissist who knew my power and was afraid of it. So did everything that he could to make it impossible for me to see it. And music was one of the things that he separated me from and made me think I could never do it. And that I sucked and and I believed that.
1: Hello and welcome to the We Are The Medicine podcast. This podcast is a place where we discuss a wide variety of topics, from psychedelics and other plant medicines to sovereignty and spirituality. This is a space where we have raw and vulnerable conversations and explore the mysteries of our universe with the intention of empowering listeners and guiding you to ask the questions that will help you come into a deeper resonance with your truest essence. I'm your host, Serena Rose. Now let's get into the episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast in today's episode we have one of my very best closest and dearest friends sydney also known as Ananara. sydney is a beautiful multi-talented multi-faceted soul she's one of my favorite people on this earth she is a psychic medium and intuitive spiritual guide who's also started a business creating jewelry which is amazing also these earrings that i'm wearing right now were created by her and some of the jewelry i'm wearing in the episode was also created by her. She's also an amazing musician, one of the greatest musicians that I know, and I'm so glad that I finally got to get her on the podcast because we just have the best conversations. We touched on so many important topics in this episode, from the fear of being seen and learning how to own your authenticity, to Sydney's creative struggles and her journey with music, and we also talked about the difficulty in learning how to let people go that are no longer meant to be in your life and so much more. So if that resonates with you, definitely stay tuned. I know this is a longer episode, but we just got into so much juicy conversation and it's definitely worth listening to the whole thing. So I hope it resonates and I hope you love it as much as I do. What's up y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the We Are The Medicine podcast. Mm. Today I'm here with my beautiful amazing friend sydney aka ananara ananara okay
0: okay yeah no this is awesome because we have been wanting to do this forever oh my god
1: yeah and we just we're just gonna keep it super conversational because we Mm. have literally the best conversations ever and we really Mm. we always go super deep into like everything that we talk about but it's so funny because we were talking about before we got started how there's something so interesting that happens like when you turn on a camera and you <sighs> know that somebody's gonna see or hear what you're saying it, yes there's a part of you that wants to like oh i have to like i have to be something i have to make i have to look good i have to make sure i don't Stiff. say the wrong thing the like,
0: energy stiffens yeah it's like the like it adds like a certain filter. To not just, like, your what you say or how you say it, but it's almost like it adds a filter to your energy, too. Mm-hmm. Like a block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like,
1: oh, I can't fully be myself. Because if I fully just, like,
0: allow people to see me, like, it's unsafe. Someone's going to judge mm-hmm. me. Someone's going to think, like... So I will bring this up because I think it kind of goes with this. I was at therapy yesterday, and one of the things that we were discussing was being seen um and how if I'm feeling something and I'm speaking about it how she was putting it it's like I was I would smile as I was talking about certain things that were uncomfortable for me Mm. and the reason why I feel like because there was a part of that was like I was afraid to be seen or I was afraid to be seen feeling deep things Mm. and so like I just feel like that kind of correlates a little bit. It's a little different but kind of similar because it's like, it's just not, it's incongruent. It's like whenever the camera goes on, then your mind's on. Then you're like, I got to look good. Like, I got to be super perfect and I have to come off this way. It's like, it's just not congruent with what you really want to say or who you really are. Yeah,
1: and I think so. like... I feel like I, I try really hard to be like just myself mm-hmm. and just be like, cause I feel like the world needs more of that, but I still mm. have, I still feel like, Oh, someone's listening to me. I have to like be a certain way. You well, know? because
0: if you think about it, like putting yourself on camera for a lot of people to see, that's vulnerable. It is. That's vulnerable. That, that puts you in such a. It's like you're safe, but you're putting yourself out there to be seen and judged by many. And so you, I feel like you we can sense that a little bit when filming something. And also you could just say that as like when you're posting an Instagram story or posting a photo on Instagram, like... Feeling like you have to watch the likes, and if there's only like this, I don't know. Right?
1: Yeah. Oh my God! I only got this many views. Like I suck.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I totally, I feel like it really does have a lot to do with being the fear of being seen, which is something I have like really struggled with and still, still am working through in many ways. But I think a lot of it has to do with how many times throughout our lives and our childhoods were we the center of attention or were we allowing ourselves to be open and expressive Mm. and we were shut down we were you know we had someone tell us like no don't talk so loud don't don't say that like you like we've had all of these moments where we've had authority figures or peers or whoever say no you can't just be yourself yeah you know and it it we internalize that like Mm -hmm. okay I have to be what other people want me to be
0: Mm. There is, like, this really interesting wound um, in a lot of families, mine included, where the image is so imperative, it's mm-hmm. so important, and to only show people what will make you look good, or only just, like, it's like being so calculated. Mm-hmm. Calculating your every, what I'm going to say next, or what I'm going to wear, or what I'm gonna post, or how much of myself I'm gonna show with the world, because it was ingrained so deeply to to protect the image and to always make things look good, mm. you know, mm-hmm. to to not allow people to judge you because it, you know, can affect the family name. Mm. And I understand that to a certain extent, but I feel like there's something about that that can be so limiting and challenging that definitely can come into play for some people
1: if that is
0: that the uh, way you were raised yeah
1: yeah. it makes me think of something something I always think about it's so funny so anytime I have people come over to my house Mm -hmm. I have to clean like I'm like I have to make sure everything is in its place and like the floors are sweeped and all Mm -hmm. these things we can't have dishes in the sink And it's funny, because today, actually, I had no time to do any of that. Like, you came over, and my house was just, like, it was what it was. Yeah. Um, But it's so funny. It's, like, this, this, um, and it's, like, yeah, I still want, I kind of like that, though, on one hand, because I like my house being clean. And sometimes people coming over will motivate me to actually clean my house.
0: Oh, dude. Which is nice. (laughs) Like, 30 minutes deep clean it. Yes,
1: which is great. But then on the other hand, it's, like there's an element to it where it's like, oh, I have to put up this front, you know, like anytime people come over, my house looks perfect, and it looks clean, On the time, but it's, not and so, so, it's, and so, and so it's it. like, in my mind, it's like, they'll think that I'm like a clean person, like I am organized, and mm-hmm. I keep my house like so perfect, but it's not like that a mm-hmm. lot of the time, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so many people like that, like especially people who have kids like oh my god I can only imagine
0: bro that's so my mom like growing up like it would be hellish absolute hell like if we were having like a party or just people coming over the cleanup and everything it was like world war Mm three it was so demanding and so much and like it has to be perfect, it can't be gross. Like, I get Mm -hmm. that. I understand. You want to be presentable. I love having, providing a warm, cozy environment to Mm -hmm. folks. But it was just because the the undertone of that was always, we're not good enough. We can't let people see our shadow. We can't let our mess. Like, it's uh, so ashamed. Mm -hmm. There's so much shame. And it's like almost metaphorical for the, like, wanting to hide any kind of parts of yourself that might be flawed. Yeah. Or like, like if it's goofy. not perfect,
1: I can't let you see it.
0: D- yeah. And that's what's like wrong with
1: our so much of our society and especially these days with social media, like you go like you're feeling like shit and then you go on social media and you're like, "Oh my god, like all these people and you feel like have a shit." Yes. Mm-hmm. And they like all these people have a perfect life and I feel like shit. And it's like, I don't know, I think that there's a nuance to it, because I also feel like there's a line where, like, when people post, like, videos of themselves crying and things, that is I think that there's a way to do it that can be, like, natural natural and real, but there's some instances where I see it, and I'm like, if I'm, like, having a real deep process, the first thing that I think to do is not, not to be on it. camera. <laughs> like, I'm not like, oh man, I'm gonna cry. Oh, wait, oh, let me... Let me get my phone so I can record myself crying to be vulnerable. Like, I feel like there's ways that you can be vulnerable and show those moments without making it, like, forced.
0: I wonder if there's a level of, like, I need to show how in pain I am for Mm. you to see me or for Mm. you to understand me. Oh, my God. Or, like, I need you to, like, I need, if I don't have evoke this, Raw emotion at this right time that nobody will see me or understand or mm. or validate me. Yeah, does that make sense? I don't oh know. Oh my god, That's it makes a theory,
1: sense. It but- makes sense because it makes me. It actually makes me think about me in like mm-hmm. middle school. Really, when I was in like middle school, early high school, and I had Facebook, it was kind of like you know the earlier days of right? Facebook. Yeah. I. It's so cringy to look at my old Facebook posts from, like, middle school when they come up. And I'm, like, talking about, like, how I hate my mom and how depressed I am. And I'm just, like, oh, God. Just needing someone to see you, though. Yes, but it was, like. Because nobody was seeing you. I was a teenager and a a young adult child Mm -hmm. in, like, desperate need of someone to be, like, okay, I see you. You're in pain. Mm -hmm. you know? And like, because the environment that I was in, I didn't, like my mom wasn't validating me. That was it. Yeah. Nobody,
0: even just crying out for help or expressing your anger or expressing your fear or expressing your sadness and your concern that was never seen. Yeah. It was always either like reprimanded or or reprimanded or whatever the word is, (laughs) or it was, you know, ignored. Or went unheard because, mm-hmm. you know... And so now it's like you, that part of you resort, resorted to that because you've exhausted all of your resources at that point. Yeah. Nothing had worked. Mm-hmm. So... Can't blame little Serena there.
1: I know. Like, I got to have compassion for that version of me mm-hmm. because as cringy as it is, yeah. and as cringy as it is when I see people doing it now. <laughs> right. Especially, like, yeah. there's people that I know who are, like, uh, like, grown-ass adults, like 60 years old, who are just posting Laying all their, their problems dirty laundry. on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, I just, like, I laugh, but also, like, I have a lot of compassion because... Life is fucking hard and people Mm -hmm. feel alone. Like, we're in this world where we are so, like, trapped in these boxes of our houses and we're so separated from other people in ways that are, like, unnatural. Like, we, for historically, for thousands of years, humans lived in community with other people. Mm -hmm. And so we, like, we thrive and we need each other. And, and we need our time alone,
0: too, but, like, we need to be with, with people that we trust and with people that love us. That also, like, what you were saying, it was making me think of, okay, the idea of being seen by mm-hmm. millions. Crazy. That's odd. Okay, now get this, right? I saw somebody post, um... Like, when you're scrolling and you're seeing people's tweets, like, you were not meant to know what this person is doing at this hour. Mm. Like, it's weird. It's odd. it is. We have so much... And I don't care. I mean, like, that's, like, a perspective. I thought it was interesting, you know? But I think, like, what... I really find fascinating and resonate with is how much access we have to everyone at all of the times and the expectation that you have to be there at all times to answer my text or to check the phone and call me back or to, mm-hmm. to like there is there's been such a now don't get me wrong it's awesome mm-hmm. to be able to connect anytime you want like that's great but I think that there becomes like a level of expectation because the boundaries and the lines have been blurred so much between like the ac- being somebody being accessible to you yeah. and being able to reach them compared oh to the landlines and having or writing notes... Or letters to people,
1: and you see these like mega celebrities who you just know too much about their lives. Like you, you know the the shit about their man cheating on them and their relationship drama and Mm. their drama with their their baby's father or like whoever.
0: (laughs) We know too much about everybody and their lives on such a personal level, and yet we don't know enough. Exactly. We don't have enough, okay, what happened before right. that? Why, you know, we don't have the backstory. Right. We just have the headlines of what will make you think of that certain person in this right. way. Was going to make words, me go viral. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: mm. and like, we're not, but it's so funny. Like, it, that's such an interesting place to take it, like, to take this conversation because it's like, we are, have so much access to people. And their lives and like what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, but we don't actually have real connection with them. Mm -mm.
0: We don't. We don't at all. It's sad. Like parasocial relationships, you've heard about that? No, what is that? Have okay, I'm might. I don't know the exact definition, but what I can tell you is, I love
1: the way you just like shorten words. (laughs)
0: Yes. Definish. The (laughs) definition, But a parasocial relationship is like where you feel like you know that person that Mm. you follow. Mm -hmm. And you just know them. You feel so connected with them to the point where you completely trust them. Mm. But you really don't know who that is. You feel like they're your friend. You feel like they are like your family. Which, yeah, that's beautiful. Like, that's how I feel. But it can be dangerous because people like you know stalking can yeah. happen like stalkers have that really intense no, I know them they're my person yeah. like I'm destined oh, that's to be with like- them it's like and it's like okay mm. there's a grounded approach to that right you know because i feel truly like everybody who supports me and that i've met along the way i love them mm-hmm. it's it's i'm so grateful and i feel so connected mm-hmm. but right like Obviously, there's boundaries with that. Mm -hmm. There needs to be. Yeah. And there needs to be, like... Because there can become a, a, a dangerous power dynamic between whoever the influencer is with their audience yeah. and that parasocial dynamic, I think mm. is what I've heard people talk about. Mm-hmm. But
1: mm. Yeah, and I feel like it can be dangerous for both sides mm-hmm. because it can be dangerous for whoever the influencer is, especially the more they grow mm-hmm. as like, like you said, like someone stalking them yeah, or things, yeah. but then it's also dangerous for the followers are the fans because there are people who have big followings who are predatory who want to who use that yes and they that's will manipulate manipulate people uh-huh. to get their money and then like weird you know like abuse situations happen and cult like shit like that's real it takes so much discernment in this world that we're in to just like have that awareness that like when you're following people online mm-hmm. like you do know some things about their life. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, me, I feel like, and I there's people that I follow who I feel like do a really good job of being vulnerable with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll tell you things that they're working through, but they may not tell you every little detail of the fight they had with their right. boyfriend. But they'll tell you, like, personally for me, I'm working through this, like, unworthiness or whatever. Like, I feel like there's a way to do it where...
0: You can connect with people, but still keep yourself safe. But still protect, like... And, you know, that's... It's so interesting because I love to be very open Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and raw. Mm -hmm. But there is, like, a level to that where I'm like, okay, this can be, like, a, a very safe, closed, sacred mm. experience that mm-hmm. I keep for myself, like, because it's not necessary to, you know, okay, now, I haven't experienced this personally, but you know how whenever you are, they, they say, like, whenever you're in a ceremony or, like, a med- medicine ceremony, um, and you, it's best just to, like, not talk too much about your experience. Because
1: mm-hmm. it
0: dilutes it. Because it dilutes it. Yeah. Or then you start to try to, like make it logical mm. and that won't ever work yeah so like it's like the same thing with certain experiences like it's it's good to keep it sacred mm-hmm. and there's a level of self in my opinion for myself a level of self-respect and self-advocacy mm-hmm. as well Of like ooh, safe space closing yeah. this space this is a sacred yeah
1: like there's certain things that it's mm-hmm. like um, Like, everybody just doesn't need to know about you, about yeah. me. Uh, like, there are certain things that it's like, I'm gonna keep this close to my chest because this is like really deep for me, or this is really sensitive, or it's sacred. And I will only yeah. share that with people who can hold that with me. You know, like, that's so important. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm still navigating that, like, learning how to, like, because sometimes I can overshare. I can be an oversharer where I'm just like, I'm I'll tell you my way. whole life story and then. I feel like oh
0: shit oh fuck you don't really
1: get it like I should I don't think I should have told you all of those like my deepest traumas in the first time I met you
0: because that it's like okay to circle it back around with like being able to access someone Mm -hmm. that is a level of access that is granted to only a couple of people who have earned that Mm -hmm. access yeah. To you. Mm -hmm. And that also comes from understanding who that is, is coming from like having those points where you do overshare and then come to find out maybe that was used against you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You know, and it sucks and it creates a a, a definite like internal struggle. But man, over time you start to learn... Okay, I can't share that with this person. Yeah, like with you, I could tell you anything. Yeah, all of the nitty gritty. And there's and I could there's a couple, very small list of people, but like, I don't know. Like it's like you just really have to protect your energy, protect your who you are, protect your backstory because it taken out of context, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, and that's the thing about sharing. Mm-hmm. online is because especially as your followers grow, you are opening yourself up to the judgments and the projections of whoever comes across you. Mm-hmm. And it's um before I say the other thing that I want to say, I just feel like I want to say I do tend to overshare, but it's interesting cuz I'm also very um, private with a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And so when I find myself oversharing is when I feel like, oh my God, I really like this person. Yeah. Like we just met and we're like vibing and I'm like, she's really cool. Like I'm going to tell her like this whole story about this thing that happened in my childhood. And then even if, even if that person is cool, then
0: afterwards I'm like, I don't, I don't really know you like that. Like, I I don't know if I should have told you all that. I should. Yeah. And you kind of feel, I get anxious. Mm -hmm. I get really anxious Mm -hmm. if i feel like i've overshared or i just get really triggered and concerned mm-hmm. and i'm like fuck yeah oh god like, yeah is like i don't know
1: me? i don't know this person i don't know what they're gonna think of me, like.
0: <sighs> and i've seen like people
1: who i really fuck with like whether it's a musician an artist an influencer like a youtuber i've seen how they can go from being like super like cool and relatable and chill Rounded. and then the more they grow their following and the more eyes they have on them there's more separation yep. and there's more like I mean I think on one hand it's like they just get more professional with with things like they take better pictures they get yeah. photographers and things but then there's also like they don't want to share as much mm-hmm. sometimes because it's like oh I have like that's 500k of, followers now or that's whatever a lot of eyes. Yeah. yeah and it's it's actually unnatural mm-hmm. for us to like be, yes be that at, have that many opinions no yeah
0: Inter- yeah no that is not natural
1: but also like it's such a blessing mm-hmm. because we, we can literally like create a business just from online like from talking to people and like from sharing your life there's people who have entire you know, YouTube channels and things that are just vlogging, sharing, like, their life.
0: Yeah. Sure. Isn't that so cool? It is cool, and that's something that I'm wanting to do. Yeah. I really do. I love the idea of just being able to share who I am and vlog it. hmm I do. Like, it's it's exciting and interesting, but there is, like, a level of that that can be so oof, oof, oof. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the inside of my house. Yeah. You're seeing my bedroom. Yeah. You're seeing, like you know, like, Mm -hmm.
1: I used to, so I used to even do some vlogging on YouTube. And I, I thought I was gonna go more down that route, Mm because I follow a lot of YouTube vloggers. And I was like, Oh, it's fun. And it was fun. And like, I love having the videos, like as the memories and like, getting to share that with people is really cool. But I feel like, especially like, if you're on vacation or something, Mm -hmm. there's something about just having feeling like you have to have the camera up, and like if there's something cool happening, you have to show people all the time. Like, what moments are your own, right? And so, that's yeah. the only thing because then that's where it ties into where we're talking about like when you put up the camera, then okay, like is the filter goes up, exactly. So, if you have the camera up all day, most of the day, who's experiencing?
0: How how is much are you? you really yourself? Yeah, yeah. Is it you or is it this mask? Because mm-hmm. there is, like, a level of, like, let's be real. Like, there's going to be a part of it. Like, in the beginning yeah. of this, right? Yeah. You can tell the difference in the shift of the energy. Because at first, it's like, okay, we got to get acquainted to yeah. the camera.
1: And even still, there's and some still, things that I'm not going to talk about.
0: Yeah. Like, on, on camera. Like, but it, But it's like we were saying, like, putting... Who, when you're always filming and you're like who is experiencing the life is it you or is it like mm-hmm. yeah like just that mask hey friend
1: if you are interested in plant medicines or if you're on the plant medicine path or even if you just like to work with plant medicines to enhance your spiritual practice you are going to love four visions market four visions market has a wide selection of many different spiritual tools that can help enhance your spiritual practice They have just about anything you could imagine to fit your personal spiritual needs, such as an amazing collection of hape, which is my personal favorite thing to buy from them. Four Visions is my go-to place to get hape, and my two favorites from them are Divine Mother Rose and the Ojo de Jaguar hape. And even if you're not into hape like me, I promise you they will have something you're gonna love. They have a wide selection of spiritual tools, with anything from ceremonial cacao to botanical tinctures such as king nettle tincture. Which by the way, nettle is one of the most amazing and nutritious plants that you can put in your body. So everyone needs them a little bottle of king nettle tincture. They also have some amazing healing lotions, Florida water, Yoni steaming blends, tea blends, Sonanga, and they have an entire line of CBD products including tinctures, body butters, pain salves, and even a little something for your pets. And the beautiful thing about Four Visions is that every single product in their marketplace is created handmade by indigenous people of the Amazon. And what I really love about them is that they give 50% of their profits back to those indigenous artisans to support them and their families and the tribes and make sure that they are healthy and beautiful and thriving as well. I am so grateful to be partnered with 4Visions. I really believe in their message and their purpose in this world. I love the way that they support and give back to the indigenous communities in the Amazon. And I think it's probably one of the best companies that you could support because they are really doing a lot to help those indigenous people. And I have a special 10% off code for you. So if you click the link in the show notes and use the code SerenaRose, you can get 10% off your first order. Now let's get back to the episode. What do you feel like is the most difficult thing you've had to overcome in your life?
0: I still feel almost like I haven't overcome a lot of things. I'm in the process of it. Mhm. It's a constant unfolding. Constant, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the biggest thing is having to learn to walk away from certain relationships Um mm. That do not serve and hold a purpose. And that create intense anxiety, mm-hmm. stress, worry, concern, all of the things. And, and being able to break away from that without e- even having the fear of letting people down and hurting people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that is what directly leads me into, like, the healing process of all of the things, all of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the times mm-hmm. that you let somebody treat you less than you deserved. Yes. Yeah. And, because you, usually, it's like, I just stay. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, be, <clears throat> become a, a doormat. Mm-hmm. If you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A pushover. Mm-hmm. And when you're used to trying to be the person that comforts everyone and creates peace, and then you're the one disrupting the peace, mm. but it's like, you don't always have to be the
1: peacemaker. That's when it's, when it's time to know, like, where mm-hmm. is my boundary? Like, where do I need to be more firm? Like I feel that.'ve It can be hard, and, and we see the good in people. very much yeah like we like we see the light in them, and something that came to me a while back was see the light in people, but don't be blinded by it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I feel like that's so profound because it's like sometimes we do get blinded, and we just i mean i I can't tell you how many people I've let walk all over me or see like just in
0: people, but don't be blinded uh,
1: it's it's hard, and I feel that too I feel like I have trouble like. I have a hard time with change in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my astrology. I have a Scorpio North Node, which means my life. And I have Pluto in Scorpio. So it's like I'm constantly dying and being yeah. reborn. And basically that's my whole purpose in life.
0: Death and rebirth. Yeah. Death and rebirth.
1: But my, that means I have South Node and Taurus, which means all I want is comfort in my life. All I want is stability and security, oh. but it's the hardest thing for me to obtain. Oh, And so it's like this weird like push and pull How dynamic where it's like I'm constantly dying and changing and shifting and things in my life are constantly sh- shifting, but I try to hold on to them. So like I've had, like I still think about people that I was friends with like five, six seven years ago, yeah, and I'm just like, damn, like, how are you doing? You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there has been a level of, like, not wanting to let go of people and letting, like, letting life take it, take its course because everything has seasons, and, like, some people ain't meant to be with you for all the seasons, and no. I'm just like,
0: damn, I can't take y'all with me? It's hard. Yeah. That, like... <laughs> I think about that all the time, like the people, like just people that I love and I just, yeah, growing apart and letting go Mm -hmm. is such a weird thing. It is. It's
1: hard. And I think on my end, like I've, I've had some situations where it's like, I'm Mm -hmm. outgrowing you and I'm realizing that there's actually a lot of toxicity here. And like, you're not, yeah. And I'm like this is not, we're not healthy for each other. And we're both just like, it's It's not a good situation. Yes. But I've also had it where I had to like let people go who were like good people who like, I love you. Like I still fuck with you. But also like I'm evolving to this place where it's like, you can't meet me there. Like you can't you don't understand like this transformation that I'm going through and you, you know this person to... I am like I can't communicate with mm-hmm. you anymore. It's not a match that
0: that's like the a realist. vibrational
1: match. How yeah.
0: okay and right. I mean, I feel like it
1: sounds so like <laughs> I'm just too high vibe for you but No, but it's that's not, not that. at
0: all what I mean. It's just not it's not yeah, congruent anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not in alignment.
1: But that's okay. And I still love you and I still fuck with you and like sometimes like yeah. that's how
0: life is like you just you move on. Different pages, different, and sometimes those paths can come together and sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't. Yeah. And sometimes that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because the one thing that is so blatantly obvious that it is time to depart. It's time to find an exit point in that connection. Is when you've been spending a lot of time doing growth or healing and working Mm -hmm. on yourself and developing. And then there's somebody in your life who's like, oh, you changed. Mm -hmm. I don't like who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. But you know in your heart of hearts, you feel more aligned and more safe as you are now versus the individual you were that they're comparing this former self to. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I feel like it's so cool when you Mm -hmm. have people that can grow with you. I feel like when you have people in your life Mm -hmm. that are also on a path of healing Mm -hmm. and like getting to know themselves more and working on themselves and like you can hold each other through that and see each other and I feel like I feel like that with you and like our group of friends Mm is we like we're all so different from how we were when we first met
0: Oh, God. but we
1: still vibe like we're growing we're together growing together yeah and we're... we're helping each other along the path and I mean all those people that we've had to let go of too they also helped us yes. on the path in some way Form
0: and mold yeah but, yeah
1: but like everyone's not meant to be there for every season no and that's okay <sighs> And it's still like we gotta grieve that too like we have to allow ourselves to mm-hmm. grieve the person that we were. When we were with that person in a relationship or a friendship or whatever, like, because different people bring out different aspects of us, but they'll always, like, those moments will always be a part of our story Mm -hmm. and our journey. So it's like, it's all sacred. Even the people that have hurt us the most, like, that's a part of
0: the story of Serena or the story of Sydney. Do you know what I picture a lot of the times? Mm -hmm. I... And this, I don't know if I'll be able to, like, share this visual that I have a lot in words, but I'll try to. But I, sometimes I'll think of everything in my life, all the people, the people who have hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the every the, my teachers, people, just, you know, people that played a role in my life enough to create an impact, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just visualize, like... They're all playing a character, and mm. at the end, the at the end of the day, or the end of my life, right? Just seeing them kind of clapping and saying, mm. "You fucking did it, bro! Mm-hmm. You killed it!" Mm-hmm. And it's like the people who maybe I fucking had beef with, you know? Right. Like those are our biggest teachers. But they're there, and yeah. they're like, "Hell yeah, you fucking did it!" And mm-hmm. it's like a, the bow, like the mm. the the seeing them and saying thank you, and them seeing me get to the end goal. Mm.
1: It makes me think of some, for some reason, recently I heard somebody say that there's some people who come into our lives and they play the role of the villain or, like, Mm -hmm. they're just, like, maybe in this lifetime they are just very a narcissistic, like... Soul? Yeah, like, person who is just wreaking havoc on other people's lives. Mm -hmm. But sometimes... I don't, and I don't know, like, this is, like this is one of those things like I like to ponder on things I don't just listen to what people say and be like oh that's definitely true I see like hmm what do I think about that you know like does this resonate so this is one of those things they said that sometimes like very high vibrational I guess or like high what is the how am I trying to say it like like very high light beings Mm -hmm. will incarnate as these people who like Will be like your narcissistic parent mm-hmm. or whatever, but they are serving a like divine purpose
0: to, to help get to you
1: to like evolve from this whatever. Evolve and from I a
0: certain. It's. It, I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I don't know if I necessarily believe that's true, or is if it is like it's definitely not. It's I don't like, think it's everybody.
0: No, I think it, I'm who's open like a to it. A bad, person. but I feel like there's something that right. Yeah, it's like not. It's nuanced. Yeah. It's like... As is everything. And this, this
1: is why I love podcasts, because
0: yeah. we have enough
1: time to talk about the nuances. That part. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, in a 30-second, 60-second Instagram video, there's no time to, like, discuss all of the little nuances of what I think about something or the world. Yeah. Like, the world is inherently paradoxical.
0: And can I also share a perspective? I'm curious yeah. what, how you feel about this. Um, there... In this universe, there's no such thing as objectivity, mm-hmm. right? So everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. Your experience is subjective. My experience is subjective. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, like? Does that? Do, you want me to go deeper on that and elaborate? You can,
1: but I, I kind I, of get, get what you're
0: saying. How do yeah. you feel about that?
1: I feel like that's philosophy. A, I feel like that's a part of the truth, mm-hmm. because I feel like when you are living in this 3D reality where mm-hmm. you have a body and a ego, mm-hmm. like this personality, this human that I am right now, mm-hmm. everything is subjective because mm-hmm. you're seeing everything from your perspective based on your life experiences. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a higher level where you are just one with God, one with everything, it there is an objective truth True. that that permeates All existence through everything yeah and it's a it's a part of everything but within that there is all of these little separate truths and experiences and opinions and that's why it's just so interesting and I think these days a lot of people don't know how to have conversations and they don't know how to like there's so much conflict because we don't know how to differentiate what is opinion and what is fact and the lines are blurred some people are like, this is fact because science says so, or because there was this study done, or whatever. But then one day, that's another study is going to be done that says that that's not true. So it's like, what is fact, and what is fiction? What is truth? What is and not? And what, what is fact, what's opinion? You know, all of these things. I feel like there's... I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's wild. a It's a deep
0: conversation. It's very wild. Because I think um it's safe to say that cuz i always seem to think of um like your connection with spirit mm-hmm. so like spirituality as a whole is mm-hmm. not a one size fits all no it's not yeah but there's so much confusion and inner conflict too because depending on who your mentor is or your teachers or who who you're listening to maybe They're saying, like, this is how you do this. This is the truth. But there's something in you that doesn't fully align with that. But it's Mm -hmm. confusion, conflicting and confusing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you're like, okay, well, I don't know. Because this person is saying this and they must know more than me. But I'm feeling this. But I don't know because I don't know enough and I'm just learning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so then it's, like, then there's, like, a lot of, like, anger and Mm -hmm. resentment that can come in. Yeah. Because you're confused and... I feel like it's so important to have out outside sources and external people to learn from. That's very important having mentors, learning from people who have walked the path before you, but also to understand your intuition and your discernment, and to discern. Yes. I feel like discernment should be taught first before anything else. yeah, because, well, now. No, I can't say that either because that's, you know, that's my truth. But if you think about it, not discerning something for yourself and then realizing later, oh, that wasn't for me, that's Mm -hmm. how you develop your discernment. Mm -hmm. It's like all in like an initiation.
1: Yeah. And it's like a deeper level of that is like, can you trust yourself? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a lot of us have a hard time trusting ourselves and believing in ourselves and knowing ourselves and, and a lot of that obviously comes from childhood and times where we thought we were doing something right and then someone's like no that's wrong like or whatever it is yeah right Roy and I talk about this all the time my partner um how it it is it's so nuanced everything is so nuanced and I feel like there's balance to everything because Mm -hmm. I think that you should have people that are on the path or maybe a little further ahead than you that you can get advice from or learn from. I think that's so important. Mm. But I think that if you're looking at that person, like they know everything and they know what's right for me, that's where we get messed up because we're all so different and each of us has a different path. Mm-hmm. So like really tuning in with yourself and being able to say like, does this resonate with me? It's so important, and some, and I feel like it takes time to to learn that art. I'm still learning. It.
0: We'll always develop it, mm-hmm. but over time, it'll become something we can master. Mm-hmm. The art of discernment. Yeah. The art of discerning. Mm-hmm. For yeah, trusting yourself. Trusting thyself. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, let me ask you this. Oh. Okay. In what ways right now are you beginning to trust yourself more Mm -hmm. or are you learning to trust yourself more with?
1: I feel like... I'm... I feel like I'm learning to trust myself to know who I want to be around and the kind Mm -hmm. of people that I want in my life. Because I've really struggled in like relationships with people in romantic relationships and friendships um i've had a really hard time relating to people yeah and i've had a lot of situations where i um felt betrayed or like i i've had a lot of situations where i really trusted somebody and like was very deeply vulnerable which is a challenge for me at times mm and my trust was betrayed, or um, I was abandoned in some kind of way. And that has made it difficult for me to trust anyone. So I had this experience, actually, in my recent ayahuasca journey, where I, I felt like so disillusioned. Like, I felt like Oh my God, I can't trust anything. I can't trust like the people here who are my friends. I can't Mm. trust even my spirit guides. Like I was like these deities and beings that I call upon. I was like, can I even trust them? Like, are they gonna hurt me? Mm. And it was so interesting. And um, I went to get some help from one of my friends who's the facilitator there. And she was like, do you trust yourself? And I had to take a second and I'm like, it's like, I do, but I trusted, I thought I trusted myself before Mm. and I was hurt. And, um, also like realizing that that wound of not being able to trust people is deeply ingrained because I had a single mother as a parent who was, um, we had a very difficult relationship and I did not trust her. I could not trust her and she didn't trust the world. She didn't trust people. I didn't trust her. (laughs) And so it's like, if you can't even trust the people who are supposed to like, who brought you into this world, who are supposed to care for you, like, who can you trust? If those people are hurting you and those are the ones who are supposed to care for you no matter what, like, what is the world like? Because those how are your can I trust anyone? Blocks yes, too. your building blocks for all your future relationships are in your parents, so like that takes a lot of unlearning, reparenting. Yeah, and having to like find forgiveness also mm-hmm. for my mother and and all my parents, but yeah, it's it's such a journey, and I think that I'm in this place in my life now where I know. The people that I want in my life like like you and our and our close group of friends like I know that I have really seen the signs and the red flags of what I don't want in a friendship or a relationship and the the biggest thing for me is knowing that like we can talk about things you know I think that most relationships can be mended or repaired if both people are willing to like set aside their egos and Mm. like be like how could I make this better oh yeah you know how what am I doing wrong in this situation I feel like if someone is able to say I fucked up and I'm sorry Mm -hmm. that's how I know if I'm willing to give this person a chance if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's kind of my radar detector because I got a little, I got a narcissist trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a few, um, run in narcissist type people. Yes. I, I'm not diagnosing anybody, but no, yeah. I've had, I've, I've had my, my run-ins with narcissistic tendencies mm-hmm. and, um, I got trauma so
0: <laughs> it's, it,
1: it runs baby. deep Baby, it runs deep okay and then after you mm-hmm. dealt with a few narcissists then you start being you start questioning everybody
0: even yourself yeah am i a narcissist that is the biggest question yeah oh my god but the funny
1: thing is yeah a narcissist would never ask themselves that question
0: depending on the self like the like how self-aware they are mm-hmm. maybe I'm sure, but, but I feel yeah, like no. that's the whole thing about being a narcissist is you're not self aware. Yeah, you
1: literally cannot look at yourself. Mm. You literally cannot. Like it's so interesting because I feel like narcissism, and I'm no psychologist or right, anything, but, but just what you've what I've seen in my experience is like everything is about you and what you need and what you want, but it's never like you can't do anything wrong. In your eyes. Mm. Like, and I think li- we all have elements of narcissism. You mm-hmm. know, I think that we should talk about that more. Because I've I've had experiences where, like, I've had that problem. Feeling like, I can't be wrong. Like, I don't want to be wrong. Yeah.
0: I think that's a big part of it. Like, what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of being wrong. Like,
1: it's okay to be wrong.
0: And I'm curious if it's, like... I know for me, I was raised, um, by very strong women, but to the point where almost like femininity is almost like pushed away Mm -hmm. and seen as like a bad thing. Mm. And it was all about like you, you're, you have to be smart. Like you're, you can't be wrong. You have to be smart. You need, and that's, I mean, honestly, if you think about it with like surviving as a woman and especially years and years ago, Mm -hmm. like that was something you needed as a defense mechanism to be heard, like Mm -hmm. your intelligence and, you know, like, I don't know. So
1: I would love for you to talk about, for us to talk about, um, Your relationship with music because you are like an outstanding musician like your voice it just gives me chills and your guitar playing and it's just like angelic and so beautiful wow and we relate so much on music and and our journeys Mm -hmm. and our struggles being a musician being a creative person I would love for you to touch on that
0: Yeah, dude, music hits a string in my soul, Mm. a soft spot in my soul. Because, well, to start, music was always a big part of my experience, like just growing up, my experience in general. Because my dad was a musician, a guitar player, a vocalist, songwriter. Mm -hmm he performed a lot. He was always doing shows. So I was always around stages and people. And then my grandfather, he was a musician Mm -hmm. and I was around, I mean, music was just, I mean, my uncle was a stage manager, you know, it's like, it just ran through. And I remember I first got, funny story, did I ever tell you this? I first got into, when I was in the second grade, my dad put me and my sister in. For me, I was in guitar and piano. Mm-hmm. She was in vocal lessons, I think. Mm-hmm. And guitar. I loved piano. I fucking hated guitar. Really? I hated. That's crazy. Did I ever no, tell you? No, you never how told me that. I never told you about no. how I made my guitar teacher so fucking mad to oh the point where god. he was like, "Okay, well, then we're done. Like, no more sessions." <gasps> what? Oh my god. So, yeah, I was. I wanted to go to piano. Because I loved piano and then the guitar was... It was guitar day and I'm like, fucking... Okay, because he was just showing me bummy notes... (laughs) He wasn't like okay, and there's nothing. I mean, guitar, like music theory is important, and but I like to go. I just like to go. I just want to make the sound. Oh, the music theory part is so boring. And do my thing. Yeah, but I respect it. And it's necessary. Yeah, you like it really is. It really is important to understand. But it's so boring. It's very boring. And so I'm sitting there, and he's like, and I, I think from what I can recollect, I just he would tell me to do something. Like I don't, I want to do it. And then he got so mad he was like okay then you don't want to do it okay fine go leave just like that and mind you i'm like how old are you okay i think i was in the second grade so i must oh have my been god you're seven. so young yeah, that's so young still. i was young but i was like all right fuck it. bye bye bitch like okay, okay. i don't even like guitar and yeah and then a year later i was sitting there holding it and p- for pretending to strum it because mm. I didn't know 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 how, but I wanted to play it. I was singing it. I was like, screw this. And I got on YouTube and I just learned chords. That was it. And then I started to learn them over time, every day. It was so addicting. Mm. It was so addicting. I'd bring my guitar to school every single day. I was so confident that I was going to, my career was going to be a touring musician. That was exactly what I was going to do. And I had a lot of... A lot of really beautiful experiences, and I'm very blessed to know very um, incredibly talented musicians who have done the thing. And to have them back me, that's awesome. And that's a privilege. And to learn from them, Mm -hmm. you know, not a lot of people have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's fucking awesome. So I'm very humbled by that, by being able to grow up around amazing talented artists and my dad dude Mm -hmm. anyway uh
1: yeah your dad's amazing dude
0: he's a great musician he is wild it's crazy so what happened oh yeah i so i ended up i you know relationships happen you get with narcissistic people like we were speaking about and it was interesting how narcissists will recognize your power mostly before you do because it's usually people who are very, you know, have a lot of trauma and might not have a good, like, self-image, which was me. And I got with this narcissist who knew my power and was afraid of it, so did everything that he could to make it impossible for me to see it. Mm. And music was one of the things that he separated me from heavily and made me think I could never do it and that I sucked. And mm-hmm. and I believed that. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened is it just was so dark that any time I would play music, I would just be reminded of how I let it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I missed a really important gig, a very important gig, because of this person where a lot of my family members were there, a lot of people who... You know, mentored me and I learned from, and you know, friends and family, they were there, and I bailed mm. completely um, because I went and I got this dude instead of going there so there was so much darkness surrounding it so picking up the guitar was brutal mm. brutal absolute hell I'd be so angry and just like fuck I could never get through a song I'd be playing and singing and it never it didn't feel the same anymore singing oh, I felt like I couldn't sing anymore I was so constricted mm. so Your constricted
1: was literally like
0: so constricted cut off, yeah. and the. And I know that you relate to this because the relationship that I have with music is almost as like, music is so personified, but not Mm. even personified. Like, I don't know. I'm in love with it. It's Mm. like a romantic Mm -hmm. yearning. It's a connection. (laughs) And I hurt her. Mm. I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I abandoned you. I abandoned, yes. Yeah. And it just, the guilt. So it wasn't until recently that I finally, I, I actually lost a very dear friend. Um, and that, that death hit me, <laughs> hit me mm-hmm. in a very interesting place that I have not touched before. And this individual who passed was such a fantastic musician and lived and breathed music and inspired me so much and so after his passing i could just i felt like okay i have to do this now Mm. i cannot not do this anymore Mm. just something felt like okay i can't waste this i have to do it for me Mm. not necessarily to be anything or to be seen no just because it is therapy. It's the one way I'm able to articulate an emotion Mm -hmm. and, and allow somebody else to catch a glimpse of what I'm feeling. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know that feeling when you just want, like, I I wonder if this person could ever understand what I'm feeling. Mm. I want to, I don't want to make someone feel like shit, but I want to articulate my emotion in a way that maybe could projected yeah in a way that can be experienced
1: Mm -hmm. and people can relate to that Mm -hmm.
0: and yeah and so just been writing Mm -hmm. and singing
1: yeah
0: and playing and creating just because it is a part of me Mm -hmm. it is the one thing that makes me feel free
1: yeah and like I think that that's so beautiful and that Mm -hmm. like it gets to just be for you and that you know, if you decide that you want to share it mm-hmm. one day, that's up to you. Um, but I definitely relate, yeah. you know. You know a lot of my um, struggles with music and it's funny actually when I think about it that I think a lot of my, um, like I feel like I experienced a similar experience to you with like having a person with a very deep narcissistic mm-hmm. tendencies. Um, restricted my voice and my power, Mm -hmm. but for me, that person was my mom. Mm. And so music has always been like everything to me. It's like my joy, it's my peace, it's like what I, where I go when I feel lost or sad or depressed Mm -hmm. or anything. Like music has that power to uplift us or to validate our feelings because so many of us feel alone and I know that I've felt alone Mm -hmm. for a lot of my life especially in childhood and to be able to put on a song that can communicate the emotion Mm -hmm. that I'm feeling that I thought nobody else felt that is so powerful. That's powerful. It's raw. <laughs> Music was always a thing. And so from the time that I was a little, little girl, I remember saying, I'm going to play the flute. I want to play the flute. And I, <laughs> it's just so funny. I even, I remember as a child, like playing with my Barbies and like mm-hmm. making up little songs. And when I was in elementary school in fourth grade, I got into band because that's like the age that you had to be to get mm. into band. That's when I started playing the flute and I loved it. And I I, like, continued in band all the way through middle school and high school. And in middle school, I picked up the saxophone and was in, like, marching band. And, you know, high school band was awesome. Like, we had a really, really good band at our school. And, yeah, that was it was just such a big part of my life and so mm-hmm. important to me. And I graduated high school and I went to college for music education because I thought I was going to be a music teacher. And bro, when I got into college, like when I was on my own, I just like fell apart. I had so much trauma. Like I did not know how to like survive in the world. And I was just, I was in a, I was in a bad situation. Like I was living in an apartment instead of in the mm. dorms. And so I had to pay rent. And I was working a job that was like 45 minutes away from where I lived. And just because of the way my school schedule was set up, I could only work on the weekend. So it was just like, I was stressed out. I was going to school like 12 hours a day and working all all weekend just to pay my rent. And I was so fucking depressed. I didn't have any friends. Mm. And that lasted for, I don't know, maybe like a month and a half in college. Like I dropped out. I was just like, I cannot do this. You're like, I'm done. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm done. And the thing is in college, like, I mean, I was only there for like six weeks, but the way that music it was just so intense. And I remember like you had to take like private music Mm -hmm. lessons with a teacher too. And the teacher was just like, if you're not willing to practice, like, eight oh. hours a day, then you're not going to make it. Like, and I wasn't even doing music performance. I was doing music education, like, just yeah. learning to be a teacher. And she's saying I need to practice my flute six to eight hours a day. And I was just like, I'm literally at school 12 hours a day. Well, obviously, I didn't have classes all right. of those hours, but I don't know. So, fast forward, like, I don't know. I just feel like... um. Music was always really important to me, and I always felt like it was, like, my path, right? Mm -hmm. I always, like, I dreamed about being a singer and things um, growing up, but when I would get into my, like, really dark moments, which I had a lot of them (laughs) over the years, um, I would turn away from music, sometimes and I, I remember I didn't play my flute for years mm. and I forgot to mention I also like in my senior year of high school I started was it senior or at some point in high school I started singing as well um that's a whole other story that I feel like is too long to like add into this but it's a really cool story that I'll probably tell one day on the podcast um but I never thought I could sing and I had basically, like, my band director was like, you should sing this song. It's the, You should sing this part, this singing part that's part of this song. Mm. And that opened up, like, oh, my God, I can sing? Because I always would sing, but it was, like, I would make a joke out of it. Mm. Like, I loved singing, but I but never thought like, I was
0: good. Joke. Singing. Yeah. yeah. And, and,
1: like, I never thought I was good, and if I ever noticed anyone, like, he- Paying Listening. attention to me. You'd I would make, it, make a joke out of it. Jo-
0: make it. yeah. Just start know, doing weird do shit. Like, please don't see
1: me. <laughs> yes. Um. So anyway, fast forward through the years. Like I just went through, I had like a lot of depression mm. that I had to deal with. And it, I do relate to that where it's like um, that sense of guilt to some extent. Because it's like music has always been there for me. But like yeah. I abandoned music when I needed it the most. Mm-hmm. But really I'm the one who's hurt by that. Right, And then just like dealing with so much like self-doubt and resistance and feeling like I'm not really that good. That has been, it's like held me back
0: from music for the longest. That one is like feeling like, well, I suck anyway. Yeah. It's like, what's the point? I shouldn't even try. I don't want to hear other people tell me that too. Yeah. I don't want to see the... Because there are going to be people who be like, I don't fucking like it. This bitch sucks.
1: Right. You know? Everyone think, has their opinion.
0: That's... And it hurts, though. It's like... Because <clears throat> yeah. you have to validate it for your own self first. Mm-hmm. You have to own it. Yeah. Own who you are and be like, yeah, I fucking... I'm good.
1: Yeah. So, a few years ago, I was just in this place. I had recently gotten out of, like, a year, a two-year relationship that kind of, like, took over my life.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that... I chose to let it take over my life, and, you know, not uh, blaming that on anybody, but I was like, I want to do something with music, like, music has always been my thing, you know, and I was like, I guess I never thought of myself as someone who would be, like, a recording artist, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, what if I just learn how to, like, make beats, and like do like make songs and so I bought like all this equipment and I was like really into it for a bit and then I would just get into this this cycle Mm -hmm. of like like I said putting it down feeling like I'm not even really that good or like seeking so much validation from the people around Mm -hmm. me and so yeah over the years it's been like a real real struggle like I have really had to deal with a lot of like insecurity around it, and it's just Just and resistance, and, like, all of these things. But I relate to what you said, where I feel like I'm coming into this place now of, like, no, this gets to be for me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, I want to play my guitar and sing, I want to make a beat and create a song, because it's healing for me. And it's fun, and it literally brings me life. Like, the times in my life where I... Set music to the side. I didn't sing. I didn't I hardly even listen to music. Those are, th- those times are like so gray, gray in my mind. Like there was no fun. Life. There was no life. There's no enjoyment. There was nothing beautiful. Like it was, because I don't want to say nothing beautiful. But but
0: you're not creating. You're yeah. not pushing that. You're not ex- Suppressing that energy. Mm-hmm. You're not letting it out. There's no way to direct it. And when creative energy is stuck, it turns into all kinds of fucking fucked up shit. Yeah. It turns into beautiful, ugly. Yeah. The big, beautiful, ugly. That's been so much of my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like suppressing my creativity. <laughs> yeah. And it's like our <laughs> natural instinct in <laughs> life is to create. Uh huh. You know? That's humans. It's it. our entire purpose. Creation. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah it's deep. Music is like it is everything. It's it's just so funny how it's like something that means so much to me and is mm. so sacred um and is like the the only thing, like the only thing I feel like that has just permeated my entire life. I always knew I wanted to be a musician, a musician. from the time that I was young. Yep. And I didn't know exactly what that meant or how that would translate. But it's like, I'm, I am a musician. Like, it is who I am in yep. this life. And I still, I'm, like, starting to share more. But I'm, like, I'm not all the way there. It, I haven't all gotten. Yeah. I haven't arrived And yet. that's like,
0: yes, you have not yet arrived. But
1: for now, I'm just letting it be for me.
0: And that's good. Because it's healing. And it's, it's so needed
1: It's for authentic
0: me. and healing and grounding. And-
1: There's a vulnerability to it, too, I think, that, um... Mm is a big part of why I've been afraid to share it,
0: you know? Because it's like a window to your emotions, to what you're feeling, to what you're going through. Yes.
1: Like, even just your voice Mm -hmm. is like, that's the the sound of your soul. It's (laughs) your soul sound. And then when you write a song and you say like, hey, I feel like shit in this song, and then you sing it so vulnerably. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so scary. Like, it's like tying it back to that fear of being seen. For who I am.
0: There is no... I think that there is nothing more vulnerable than art. Having your art be put on your interwebs, your socials, and having other people, like, there to react to it and express... I know we've already kind of touched on this, but that is so scary. Yeah. That is so scary. Laying yourself
1: out for the world to see, like, bare, Like, this is me. But honestly, like, that's... That's what the world needs. It's
0: freeing if you think about it. Because if you create that sense of self, and oh, I know who the fuck I am. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can tell me that's going to change my mind of how fucking awesome and how validated I am. Mm -hmm. How I can take up this space. How I can be seen. It's okay if you don't like it. Mm Because I love me. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. Yeah, And I feel like... If you can create that sense of validation in yourself, the wealth of validation first, it makes it so much easier. Oh my God! Yeah. Cause, so like, I feel like at some point, it doesn't matter who said what or who commented what or yeah, how many likes you got or whatever. Okay, cool. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm good anyway. Fucking mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. I'm a bitch. But they, it's like hard to generate that. Yeah. But it's something that has to be tailored to and worked on and tended.
1: I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I think that it takes time to do that inner work. Um because there's people who even are still who even like put themselves out there, mm-hmm. but they are seeking that validation. And then like you have these um situations where someone gets mega famous and they have all these people who love them, but they also have all these people who hate them. And it just magnifies everything that they don't love about themselves. And so I feel like life, especially if you're going to be in any kind of spotlight, like, you don't even have, you don't have to be Beyonce, but like, if you're going to have eyes on you, I mean, just in life, you should, like, I think it's important to learn, like, to know ourselves. To know who you are. To love ourselves, to like, because then I feel like, And I'm getting there. I I feel myself evolving in that way of like, oh no, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I can trust myself. I know I have good intentions and I know that I can be wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. and I know that this is my path, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, I, I don't need anyone else to validate me. I feel like I'm getting there. I wouldn't say
0: I'm like... All the way there But you're that, working being towards real. that. Yeah. You're moving towards that. Yeah. And I feel like it really does come from knowing yourself. Know thyself. Yes. Is the most powerful philosophy there mm-hmm. is. Because if you know yourself, you know your fears, you know your, your hurts, you know your trigger points, you know the things that you said wrong, the things that you said completely right, you know just who you are, mm. then it's more blissful, I feel like i love that if you trust that Mm i love that then you love that Mm -hmm. and then you own it you know Mm -hmm.
1: thank you so much for coming on the podcast bro
0: you're welcome this
1: is so much
0: fun i feel like we could keep
1: going forever we could but i think we're i think we're good we're good i think that's a great place to end it okay perf and I, wanna, I do want you to tell the people, like, what you got going on? Where can they find you? Yeah. What do you be doing out here?
0: So I am on TikTok. I am on Instagram, um, at Ananara. Yes, I'll A-N-A-N-A-N-A-R-A-H. tag her in the show notes. N-A-R-R-A-H. Um, and I am over here, out here, assisting and directing and illuminating the self mm-hmm. and the beauty that lies within you, and I love holding space. And uh, so yeah, that, that you go find me over there. Yeah, catch me out here doing the things. <laughs> yes, Just catch wording. me outside. How about that?
1: You can get a reading from her. <laughs> okay, go to her
0: Please. website. Yeah, um, it's all linked in my socials. Yes, it's a uh, stand store. Yes. Slash Ananara,
1: and she makes jewelry as well i have this necklace yes and this bracelet that she made and you you're rocking some of your I'm own rocking stuff it. too we're
0: okay. rocking it this so you better go
1: check her out i send love her a making
0: jewelry so just send me a message my door is open yes. babe we'll get you all adorned
1: okay thank you so much thank i you love for having you me on. thank you all for watching yeah. i really hope you enjoyed this And this was fun. It was fun. I feel like we definitely got to do it again.
0: We have to do it again. There will be another, a return. Yes, for sure. We hope you all enjoyed. We love you. Love you.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment, letting me know how you liked this episode. And if you have topic suggestions for future episodes, feel free to leave them in the comments there. If you're listening on a podcasting platform, it would really help me out if you could leave me a nice review, letting me know how you like the podcast so far. Thank you so much and stay blessed.